following podcast is presented by Wellspring of Life Church, a community of faith, hope, and purpose. Elijah has traveled hundreds of miles from the northern kingdom of Israel down to Beersheba, to the, ed- to the city of the edge of the Negev Desert. He leaves a servant there in the city and travels a day journey out into the wilderness. Alone and on foot, he collapses in the desert, expecting to die, but he is met with two, uh, by the next two mornings by an angel of the Lord, who gently wakes him up, gives him food and water, and gives him strength to keep going. And he does. Finally, after 40 days and 40 nights, if that sounds familiar to you, Elijah completes a 200-mile trek through the wilderness and arrives at his destination, which is Mount Sinai, the mountain of God, the site where 500 years earlier God had given Moses the Ten Commandments. He arrived there exhausted, basically collapsing when he got there. This time, it was in a cave on a mountainside, where once again he was met by the angel of the Lord who listens to his lament. So he was, his, what was concerning to him, what bothered him, was being heard. Sometimes we think that God doesn't hear our laments or our concerns just because we may not hear his response right away, but he does. And he did so with Elijah. The Lord responds to Elijah's litany of complaints, tells Elijah to come out because the Lord is about to pass by. But, but Elijah does not move. And we, after what we read this morning already, we already know what happened next. The gale force wind that the Lord was not in. The earthquake that the Lord was not in. Uh, the fire that the Lord was not in. But finally, after the fire, was the sound of silence. Commentators tell us that the Hebrew word used in this verse is very, very difficult to translate. Almost every version of the Bible states it a little differently. The New Revised Standard Version says, it is a sound of sheer silence. The NIV calls it a gentle whisper. The New Jerusalem Version, a gentle breeze. The New English Version says it's a low murmuring. And perhaps the most familiar and my favorite one, although I don't read it, that version, this version very much anymore, was the King James is that still small voice. So what do we know, or what we do know, is that when the sound comes to Elijah, it comes after a series of spectacular displays of nature. All of them, ways in which we might expect God to appear. And of course he has in the past. Just because it didn't, he didn't appear to Elijah this way, this particular time, does not mean that he is not, cannot appear that way to others. Or to you. Maybe not an earthquake or a fire, but also but in turmoil and in issues that are going on around you. Two out of the three of those, the fire and the earthquake, are God's ways, are ways God, excuse me, appeared in the past on this very mountain, Mount Sinai. But God does not do what we or even Elijah might have expected in this setting. How true is that for you? I know it is very true for me. When we pray and we ask God to show us something and we believe he's going to show us something and we have our, in our own heads, 
how that's supposed to look. And I've never experienced it. Maybe you have, but it has never looked like the way I thought it was going to or should have. It's always a little different. Uh, so my, um, Elijah might have expected the same thing. He was no different than the rest of us just because he was a prophet. He was scared. He was running for his life. He is no different than any of us in this room. When Elijah hears it, Elijah, I keep saying Elijah, sorry, it's actually Elijah hears it, he recognized it as God, and he wraps his face in his cloak and walks to the entrance of the cave. And the reason why he does that is he covers his head and his face because um, if you'll remember 500 years ago, as part of their, and as part of their tradition, they were not able to look, on God, look at God face to face or they would die. So he was not going to take any chances. The gentle voice of God then says in a very surprising way and a very surprising thing, which I'm sure he did not expect, was what are you doing here, Elijah? When you first read the question that God asks him, it seems a bit harsh. So wouldn't a loving God lead with something more compassionate? Maybe something like, Elijah, I'm so very sorry that Ahab and Jezebel have threatened you like this. Uh, you don't need to live in fear. I will protect you. But that's not what God says. The still small voice asks Elijah a question. What are you doing here? As much as we may resist at times, God does not always tell us what we expect or what we want to hear. God does not swoop in like a superhero and remove us from painful situations. Rather, God engages us in ways that we need to be engaged so that we can grow in faith and compassion. If he just came in and gave us what we wanted all the time, we would lack appreciation for what he's done for us and for the lack of appreciation for others. Sometimes that involves speaking to us with a gentle whisper or a question to catch our attention, to get us to search our hearts, to discover a new direction in which we are called to go, a new thing that we are called to do. It typically puts us in a place where we feel uncomfortable, which none of us like to be in. In the days before widespread refrigeration, when ice blocks were distributed to people's homes to keep their food cool, there was a large warehouse, or in the large warehouses where they um, kept the ice, they were packed in hay. One of the men working there had a fine pocket watch, which fell out of his pocket and ended up lost in the hay. Several of the men searched for half an hour, but could never find it. They gave up and went to lunch. When they came back from lunch, a young man stood at the door of the building with a pocket watch in his hand. How in the world did you find it? The owner asked him. Easy. I waited until everyone left, and it was quiet. Then I laid down in the hay and listened for the ticking. The sound led me right to it. That is how... And when we get quiet before God, then we can actually hear the still, small voice of him speaking to us. I wonder if what God was doing with Elijah 
is an unexpected way to catch his attention, I would imagine. He was expecting something different when the earthquake and the fire and all that stuff happened and the wind. He probably expected God just all of a sudden show up in that moment in the whirling winds and speak to him. didn't happen that way. Elijah had already told God that he was done with being a prophet, and God accepted that. But then God works with Elijah to discover the direction his future will take from here. And I think it's okay when we get to that point, we can say, you know, God, we want to go into a different direction, or we're done with something, and he'll honor that. As long as it's you let him direct where he wants to lead you, and not you jumping ahead. I... Uh, I've said many times up here that I'm my own worst enemy and I get ahead of God all the time. He, and, and throughout my entire life, especially this past year or so, and even farther back, he always makes a better decision than I do. And I know that, but we still fall back into that mindset of I still know better than God does and we don't let him take over. And we don't listen to that still small voice when he's speaking to us. When the voice of God directs Elijah to return on the way to the wilderness of Damascus, God is not telling him to go back into harm's way. In fact, he gives him the way out. He directs Elijah to go anoint two other kings, um, one who will replace Ahab, which means the death threat against Elijah will disappear. And he also appoints has him appoint Elisha as a successor so Elijah will soon be able to rest from the stress at work chances are if you are waiting for God to speak to you he already has so what does this tell us about God or how we might notice the still small voice of God in our lives I am guilty of this and I think it's safe to assume that some some of us are, are in this room as well is every morning I try to do a devotion and pray before I go to work. You know, asking God to get me through the day, you know, and, and I don't want to say typical stuff, but, you know, you know what I'm talking about. And, you know, I may be asking for something, you know, to, you know, guide and direct or, you know, tell me what I'm supposed to do. And then what is the first thing I do? I get up and I finish going to work. And I don't listen. How many times, I mean, I, I was just picturing this um, last night. I'm, I'm like, when I was going over this, it's like, I do that and I get up and I start getting ready and I can almost see God like going, uh, and I just keep going. God still addresses people in this manner through an interior voice. Not something we hear, with our ears, but in the form of thoughts that are thoughts, though tangibly, excuse me, not from us. One of the things that I think we can recognize is if we keep getting that feeling or that nudge in here, even though we try to ignore it, if it's still going on when you're trying to ignore it and trying to walk away from it, you can probably pretty much guess where it's coming from. I don't have to tell you that this world is not always a joy-filled place. You know, turn on the news for, I was going to say a half an hour, but we don't even need to turn on for half an hour. 
Not anymore. You see what's going on. We all have stress at work, in our home lives, in our relationships, kids, grandkids, friends, whatever the case may be. We have all those stressors and stuff in our lives. And sometimes, uh, thankfully for us here in our little old community, we don't have, thank God, and hopefully we don't ever face it, things like what happened at the Parkland shooting at the school or what's gone on overseas with Syria and Afghanistan or what they experience in the persecuted church. We get to sit here free and share with each other and they don't get to do that. Not without persecution or fear of death. Like Elijah experienced with Ahab and Jezebel, like people in Parkland and all those others that experience this on a daily basis, these situations are heartbreaking and can leave us feeling helpless or paralyzed. Or like Elijah, cause us to wail in angry lament and try to flee from the pain. When we do that, we run away from God when we should be running to him. Our scripture reading today suggested another more helpful thing that we can do. Like Elijah, we can bring our laments to God, which he wants us to do. And like Elijah, we can listen for the still, small voice. The voice that asks unexpected questions. The voice that is gentle and loving and unobtrusive. The voice that surprises us with new insight and then leads us in new directions we might never have thought to go. Going back to Paul Simon's song, The Sound of Silence, when he says, Hear my words that I might teach you. Take my arms that I might reach you. We just need to listen. Believe that he is there for us, that he answers us, and again, I can always say just about every time I do this, I'm living proof of that. When I stopped trying to figure things out myself, and I did listen to that still small voice, things changed. And it was the greatest thing. Things just changed. And if you don't do that, you are missing out on a better life. You may not think so. You may think that you're giving something up. You may think that this is going to stink. You may think God is no fun. Wrong. Totally wrong. So may these words this morning, um, as God's speaking to us, take them, embrace them, embrace God's gentle whisper, learn from them, and may we follow where they lead us. We need to be still and hear that still small voice of God. He is still speaking to us today. Despite what you may hear or what you may believe, he is still on the throne and he still speaks to us all the time. It's us that don't hear him because we're not listening. Sometimes it is in the fire, the wind or the earthquakes, but sometimes it's not. Most of the time it is that still small voice that's whispering to us. We need to pay attention to the gentle whispers of God. Don't ignore it. 
<laughs> don't ignore it. Um, you will never know, or you never know, or might know what someone might be going through. Maybe God speaks to you about someone, a family member, a friend, co-worker, that he's nudging you to talk to. Because you don't know what that person is going through. And just by that gentle whisper, that gentle nudge that he gives, and you just go up and start talking to that person, you don't know what kind of impact you can have on someone's life. God sees the things that we cannot see. He protects us. So my best advice, speaking from experience, is get quiet and wait for the gentle whisper. There is a prompting to God speaking to us. If we are asking God to hear us and he responds with something that we didn't expect or want, we tend to ignore it because we think we know best. But we know it's him. But we just simply choose to set it aside or ignore it completely. It could be in any situation. If you hear it, act on it. Act on it. Remember this when you hear that. It typically, it typically but I would say 99.9% .9 of the time, goes against our logic because God knows better than we do. Back in 2000, after April and I came back from California where the grass was greener, we moved back, and I started back again with the sheriff's office, and I was on patrol when I first came back, and it was in October of, 20, of 2000. I went to, I, I was on my way home. I was getting off at 6 o'clock, and I stopped by my mom and dad's house in Rifle. My dad had his own room at the other end of the house, and as you walk up the steps to the porch, you could see into that bedroom through the window, and I saw him in there. My dad has never been... Never been one to really get his feelings out there, at least as, as he, he changed a lot after he got older and didn't drink as much or stopped drinking. But there was still a lot of difficulty for me just going up and talking to him like, you know, maybe some of you guys have relationships with your father, which I envy. So I was talking to my mom for a minute and I said, you know, I got to get going and I could see him in there. And she's like, well, why don't you go say hi to your dad? And I said, no, nah, I don't want to do that. And as soon as she said that, I started getting this nudge here several times, and it's like I was ignoring it. I'm not, I was like, nah, you know, I was making excuses. I got to get home. I got to do this, yada, yada, yada. I'm walking out the door, and my mom walks out the front door with me, and we're standing on the porch, and I look at the window. I look through the window, and there he is sitting in there. And I kept getting that nudge. I said, just go on and say hi. Go on and tell him you love him. And I didn't. And that was the last time I saw my dad alive. He died that night of a heart attack. My advice to you is when you get that nudge, act on it. Because you don't know what you're going to miss. I wish I would have listened that night, but I didn't. I'll always live with that because the next time I saw him, was on the floor being tended to by EMS. I choose not to remember him that way, but it will always stick in my mind, and I always ask God to make me, take me back to that moment 
when I didn't listen so that I start to. And then I never forget. And I always try to do my best to listen to his still, small voice. Next week is Christmas. And some of you, I'm sure there's probably quite a few that we won't see. So if we don't see you, I hope you have a blessed time with your family. Safe travels if you're traveling. And I think the kids hit it great today or during their play was we don't know when he was born. It may have been, it may have been you know, December 25th. could have been May 25th or whatever 25th. What doesn't matter, or those dates don't matter, what matters is he was born. And I always have an issue for many reasons when it comes to Christmas. Um, Christmas was not a good time growing up in my family. But aside from that, I don't like the, how commercial it is, you know. And I'm not getting off on a Christmas message, so don't freak out. I'm not going to tell you guys what to do and not to do. I just want to make this point of, you know, this is the holiday season. And this seems to be when people stress and, and they want to get they want to make sure they get together with their family, which is great and all that stuff. And, you know, they, you always hear the Jesus is the reason for the season. He's the reason for every season. It doesn't matter what day it is. And I, th- we, I think we've gotten away from that too much. That, yes, you know, we can celebrate um, in the right way, but don't make it just Christmas. It's every day. Because if you think God, or if you think he's only going to speak to you on December 25th, you're wrong. He's going to talk to you every day. You just got to be ready for it. I'm going to close with a poem. I got up early one morning and rushed right into the day. I had so much to accomplish that I didn't have time to pray. Problems just tumbled about me, and heavier came each task. Why doesn't God help me? I wondered. He answered, you didn't ask. I wanted to see joy and beauty, but the day toiled on, gray and bleak. I wondered why God didn't show me. You said, but you didn't seek. I tried to come into God's presence. I used all my keys at the lock. God gently and lovingly chided, my child, you didn't knock. I woke up this morning early and paused before entering the day. I had so much to accomplish that I had to take time pray that is the key and the key is when we pray don't just get up like I do and take off take that time to listen for that still small voice because he's ready to speak to you I hope this morning was helpful to you all it's always helpful to me when I do these messages and so I hope that you all take the something with you when you leave this morning Thank you for listening to this message by Wellspring of Life Church in Western Colorado. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please visit wellspringoflifechurch.com. So I will lift up.